Amen. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. We're going to take a little bit of a pause from Spin Cycle. Justin will pick it back up next week, but I just wanted to bring you some encouragement this morning through Psalm 23. So if you got your Bible, you want to turn in there, that would be great. As I think about some of the things going on, as I think about some of the things that you may be facing, I really have a question to say, who is leading you? You know, right now, we're in kind of some days where everybody's got opinions, and we've got voices coming from all directions, but who truly is leading you? Is it you? Is it Jesus? Who is it? David writes for us one of the greatest psalms that's probably one of the most familiar, and he really is just making this a declaration. And the question that we start ourselves with is, is the Lord my shepherd? Because if your Bible's like mine, it has the subtitle, the Lord is my shepherd. So as we begin to think about that, that is just something for us to think through. Is the Lord my shepherd? I want the goal today for us to be that we could leave this service 100% confident that no matter what we face, no matter what our situations we walk through, there is one voice and one shepherd alone, and that is Jesus Christ. So if you would, look at Psalm 23 with me, verses, well, pretty much the whole psalm, because there's only six verses. Let's read together. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. It says this. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. And you will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As I think about this psalm, we have to remind ourselves that David, while called a man after God's own heart, he wasn't perfect. He had his highs, he had his lows, he had his great victories, and he also had his greatest defeats. If there's anyone in this world that would be able to identify what it's like to know the voice of God through all situations, it would be David. So I ask myself the question, I ask you, is the Lord your shepherd? Is he truly the one that's leading you? And I find that this is really an important question to ask because as you look at Psalm 23, verse 1, and David declares the Lord is my shepherd, if we cannot make the same declaration, then the remaining five and a half verses really don't matter. And I really say this not only to you that are new to faith, maybe you're new to church, maybe you're looking at us, watching us for the first time, but I even say that to those of us that have been in church all of our lives. Is the Lord your shepherd? Because if he's not, then we can't enjoy the things that God leads us to. We can't enjoy the spoils of being in his flock if he is not truly our shepherd. It can't be an acquaintance. It can't be just, I like him. It can't be just a little heart emoji that we put on things. It truly has to be from the inside of our own heart to the outward way that we live our lives, that God truly is our shepherd. I have to ask myself the question, who is my shepherd or what is my shepherd? Because am I trying to lead my life the way that I want to be led? Am I trying to do it things by the way that the opinions and the things that are being shared to me, whether it's people that I know or people that I see on media, or what is it that leads me? Am I listening to their voice? Am I grounding myself in the Bible on a daily basis so that I can get to know the voice of God and be able to follow him wherever he leads? What is it, who is it, that is my shepherd? David said this, he says this in verse 1, he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I, not, I shall not want. 
said differently in another passage, but equally, I have all that I need. You see, one of the things that David reminds himself is even in the bad days, even in the days where everything seems to be going crazy, if he will recenter himself, if he'll put him back into the really the moment of the heart of the relationship, he reminds him, I have all that I need. I have everything that I could ever want. And while there may be other things in other places and there may be distant fields that look better, when I'm in my relationship with God, I have all that I want. And so for us, as we think about some of the things, we have to remind ourselves that with God, we lack nothing. And I have to ask myself, as a, as a pastor, as a leader, as a husband and father, if God is really my shepherd and I have all that I want, then why would I risk it by, by going to some other field? Why would I risk it by listening to some other voice that's not named God? Why would I do anything that would cause harm to that relationship? The second question is really much like the first, but is it not only am I hearing the voice of God, am I Am I declaring that the Lord is my shepherd? But the second question is, am I allowing him to lead me? Am I truly following his instructions? Look at verse 2 real quick. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. You know, on the surface, this is warm and fuzzy. We love green pastures, we love still waters, we love righteousness, sometimes our own self-righteousness, but we love righteousness. We're, we're glad that God is going to get some good publicity out of this thing, but we sometimes lead, and we miss the fact that God needs to lead us to those things. Look at verse 2, but the first half of verse 2, it says, he makes me lie down. I know there are many of you out there that are just like me. When, when somebody gives you a set of instructions, you're probably not just going to jump and do them just because. But here God is saying, or David is saying that God makes me lie down. Think about that just for a second. Sometimes in our, in our world, don't we look beyond where we're at and we try to see the things that are on the next hill? Or we try to see what's on the next horizon, longing for what is over there because we feel like it's the best that we'll ever get? I think David reminds us that sometimes we need to listen to the instruction of the Lord and we need to lie down right where we're at. Because where we're at right now, is exactly where God wants us to be. God is about to provide all that we need, even though sometimes we may not feel like we want it. He makes me lie down, but it's in green pastures. It's going to be satisfying. It's going to be fulfilling. He leads me beside still waters. I know that there's going to be peace. Maybe not the peace that I might think or I might want, but if it's God's peace, it's always good peace. And it's always something for us to trust and believe in. I think sometimes it's really important for us to remember that God isn't calling us into our own, our personal will, but rather as the shepherd, he's inviting us into his. He's allowing us to see that our way is temporal, his way is eternal, and we get to go be a part of that when we identify him as our shepherd. But I as a human being, I as a Christian, I as a, as a man, I have to choose to be led by him, remembering that when he leads me, he leads me to goodness. He leads me into prosperity. He leads me into blessing. He leads me into peace. Not my definition of it, his. And I can always count on it being good. I have to be willing to God to give him, I have to be willing to give him control even to the point where he stops him in my tracks. You know, for some of us, 2020 has been that year where God has literally stopped us in our tracks. 
And we have to make a decision. Are we going to complain and question and look to the horizons hoping for a better day? Are we going to take full advantage of the opportunities that God has given us now to grow in our own personal relationship, to love our community, to love our neighbors, to be a part of our life groups, to be a part of our church community in ways that look different but lead us into something that's even better? I have to be willing to give up my will so the shepherd can lead me. And sometimes, you know, as you look into shepherding, you look into the situation, the shepherd had to sometimes break the legs of the sheep to remind them, don't go anywhere. I pray that God never breaks my legs. I pray that God never has to break me so much that I'm stuck literally. But I always know that if God has my will, and I really can just put it into his hands, he's going to change my heart in such a way where I don't care about my will anymore. I only want what God wants. And I'm going to be led in such a way that I will never look back. I will never want again. But I have to be willing to do it. And I must, have to, I must have to trust. I have to trust God with every detail. There are so many things right now that are beyond my control. I can't fix it. I can't solve it. I can't do anything about it. But if I'm willing to trust God, and maybe that's a word for you this morning. If you would just trust God beyond where you have before, then I promise you through the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, that the good shepherd will begin to show you that everything will work out perfectly according to his good will. But I have to be willing to trust him with that. I have to give him my heart. I have to give him my life. And I promise you that's a worthy investment, and it comes with some great returns. I know that some of times I even think about myself, you know, if I really give God my, my heart, if I really declare him my shepherd and I allow him to lead, man, that can kind of be a scary proposition because some things are going to have to change. And I asked myself the question in preparation, what is there to fear when God is my shepherd? What is there to be afraid of? What is there to, to, to just get so worked up and so anxious about? And you go back to David when he writes, he says in verse 4, he said, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod, your staff, they comfort me. David shares this in such a way that it reminds us that even though we may go through some difficult times, God doesn't protect us from them, All he does, but he's promised that when we walk through them, he's going to be with us. He's going to follow us. He's going to walk with us. He's going to lead us out. He's going to protect us. He's going to fight in the midst of these valleys so that we walk out the other side and we're good. He also shares that God is armed and ready to fight for us. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. When you look at that, maybe you've seen a picture of a shepherd's staff. You're like, wow, that's, that's cute. It's a little stick that he holds and he stands on. You know, maybe it's something where he can just kind of move the sheep. No, no, no. These are not only tools, but they in a moment can become a weapon. The staff and the rod put together make a great arsenal for a shepherd to be able to defend from predators. The staff alone is able to pull the sheep from harm. The rod is able to to beat down any predators that come in the way of harm or want to, to get to the sheep. God is always ready and willing and able to fight for us. We just need to rest in him. Has your fear increased over the last few months? I would probably say yes. Don't worry. Nobody's looking around. You can nod your head in the living room even if it's subtle. Every time we turn on the news, every time we turn on a weather report, every time we get on social media, every time you look at the bank account, maybe that time your boss called and you weren't prepared for a meeting, we begin to be fearful of all the things that God is doing or maybe happening around us, remembering, not, not remembering all the time, that God is fighting for us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod, your staff, they comfort me. 
Man, how encouraging is that to know that God is fighting for us. Letting God can take control of our fears, fight for things in his power should be of an amazing comfort. And if there's something in your life right now where you say, you know what, I don't feel that. I don't feel like God is fighting for me in that area. I don't feel like God is doing anything to protect me. Then I want to encourage you, that situation in your life, that may be something where you're trying to be your own shepherd and you need to release it into God's hands. Because David encourages us, and again, if there's anybody in the Bible that should be able to, to really speak to that, it's David. Because every situation that he found himself, and he found himself in some crazy situations, fighting giants, being chased out of the kingdom by his own family, having all the spoils, and then being basically left with nothing. David knew that no matter what situation he faced, God would fight for him. And so I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you that God is ready and willing to fight for you. But sometimes we've got to yield so the shepherd can take over. And so I hope you encur- be encouraged with that. But not only with, with God fight for you, but look as the tone changes in verse 5. The question that, that, that I had to ask myself is, have I experienced the spoils of the shepherd? Here in verse 5, David goes really from just kind of an encourager to a host. God goes from a fighter to a host where God is going to lead you and shepherd you to come to my table and sit. Let's pick it up in verse 5. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Only a loving, caring, awesome, wonderful, tremendous, giving, generous, loving, compassionate God would do something like this. Because you think about you and I, when we fight for someone, we expect their spoils to come to our table. And yet God says, when I fight for you and we have a little moment of peace, I'm bringing the spoils to the table, inviting you to sit with me. Only a compassionate, kind, and loving God would do something like that. And not only is it that that David encourages us that he prepares a table, he anoints our head, and our cup overflows, but there's significance to that. The table alone is is a marker of salvation. That when we sit at God's table, we we are in a moment of salvation. There is nothing, there is no one that can harm us. Because our eyes are fixed on Jesus. Our eyes are fixed on God. And Satan and all of, his, all of his evil could try anything he wants. But when we're at the table, it's a moment of salvation. And we can just sit there and relax knowing that God is in control. And if there is a harm, if there is challenge, we know that God's going to get up from the table with his tools and his weapons. And he's going to protect us as a good shepherd would. The second one is you anoint my head with oil. This is really, as, as you see through the Old Testament, as you read, every time someone is anointed, they are called out. They are set apart for ministry, for kingship, they are pulled out in a, in a place where they can begin to, to lead others. And I think sometimes what, what David is describing here is not only do you sit there in salvation, but God is going to anoint you. He's going to give you gifts of the Holy Spirit that you can then go for and take to other people. And you can lead other people into the pasture that God leads. Because it's not just for our benefit. You've heard me say maybe a a few times, what we experience is not for ourselves. It's for us to be able to enjoy for us, but also to use for other people. So if you have some people that really just need to be able to, to trust the Lord in moments like this, then invite them to the table. Let them come to see what God offers. Because I promise they're going to enjoy it just as much as you do. So use the anointing. Use the blessings of the Holy Spirit. Use the gifts that God gives to you and go use them for His glory to bring others to the feast, to bring others to the table so they can experience the same salvation. And the third thing he says is my cup overflows. Really, truly, simply put, this is just blessing. That God begins to bless your life in such a way that you shall not want. 
This doesn't mean that he's going to just rain down money on you. It doesn't mean that he's going to get you all the houses and the cars and the boats and the whatever you think, hey, God is going to bless. It's not like that. The blessing I'm talking about is when the moment you need somebody, God will be there. When the moment you need provision, God will provide. When the moment you need forgiveness, God will provide. The blessings of God never cease to overflow. Don't get greedy. Don't turn them selfish. But let God's cup overflow in your life. Because we have to, to really begin to do this. We can trust God. We can trust him that he is going to be good We can trust him because we will not want anything. He will be that great provider. We can trust him because he's leading me to lie down in green pastures, still waters, paths of righteousness. We can trust him because he's fighting for us, even in the darkest, most difficult days of our life. We can trust him because his tools, his weapons, they're going to be of a comfort knowing that they're going to fight. And we can trust him because he offers salvation. He offers gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he offers blessing. And if that wasn't enough for you, if that was just you needed something else, We get to verse 6. Verse 6 basically says this. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, the beautiful thing about God is even in the moment where we try to walk away, God is right behind us. Even in those moments where you feel like you are so far gone that there is nothing that God can do to reach you, there is nothing that God would do to help you. David says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Meaning this, if I will just turn around, if I will turn my faith, my eyes, my heart, my life back into the presence of the Lord, then right behind me is, is goodness and mercy and he will bestow it upon me and we will go right back to center and back into the field. You remember the stories, you've heard it, a pastor say it throughout the generations for sure, that shepherds would leave the 99 to go chase down the one. And this is a symbol of that. This is a representation of that where David is saying, look, if I go and I stray, God is going to come to me, and he's coming to me with his goodness and his mercy, because God doesn't have to come get me, and he certainly doesn't have to give me mercy, but if I'm willing to put my life back into his hands, goodness and mercy shall follow me, and then what? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Man, I love it that God is not only going to to bless me, to lead me, he's not only going to fight for me, he's not only going to spoil me, but then he says, I get to dwell with him forever. For some of us right now, we're looking at things that we hope will lead us to that place. We hope will get us to that moment where we can be led to prosperity. We hope that we can be led into the the fancy neighborhoods, the cars, the power, the glory, the control. I had to change my life to a place where I didn't want any of that. I just wanted whatever God had because I knew that if I could dwell in the house of the Lord forever, you could give me all the spoils in the world and they won't compare to the one day in God's glory. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So how do we respond? I think the first thing is you've got to ask yourself, who's leading me? Am I allowing the voices of the outside world? Am I allowing myself to lead? Am I allowing somebody else to lead? Who is leading you right now? And again, I say this, it's not for those that are brand new to faith. It's also for those those of us that have been inside the church for a long time. Let's don't assume that just because we're inside the walls of our life group or inside the walls of our church that we're okay. I don't, want to be a, I don't want to be a believer that's hip, hypocritical to the world says, I believe in God, but I'm doing my own thing. I want to truly trust God. I truly want to follow him as my shepherd. So ask yourself this week, who is leading me? And then commit your ways to the Lord. Allow him to truly be the shepherd, not by title, but by relationship. Allow him to lead you. 
Celebrate what God is doing. Second thing, celebrate what God is doing versus complaining or questioning what he's not. We're in a day and age where we're complaining a lot. We're questioning a lot. We're wondering. We're concerned. We have our doubts. Let's start by praising the Lord for what he is doing. You make a list this week sometime. Just make a list. One, two, three, four, five, however, however long the list gets. And just praise the Lord for what he is doing because he's leading you to green pastures. He's leading you beside still waters. Third thing that you can do this week is really just simply praise the Lord because he's fighting for you. There are some of you right now that you know that God is fighting for you. You can feel it. You've got friends that are praying for you. God is bringing the community around you. A lot of great things are happening. But praise him this week for it. Give him acknowledgement, God, that you thank him so much. God, we thank you so much for fighting for us, even when we don't see it, and maybe even when we resist it. Thank you for fighting for us. And the fourth thing I would say is realize you're not alone. This isn't a one-sheep flock. This is a kingdom flock, and God is with you. You're not the only one experiencing some of the things that you're going through right now. I just want you to know that. And it's not that our stories are perfect and exactly match, but some of the same feelings, some of the same thoughts that you're experiencing we're with you. I want to encourage you to do what Justin's encouraged you for many weeks. I want you to email us how we can be praying for you. Prayer at thefellowship.cc is an email that will get sent to staff and elders, and we want to come alongside you. We want to lift your arms. We want to encourage you. We want to pray for you. Great or small, we want to be able to do that. So this week, send us an email. Let us know how you're doing, how we can be praying for you. Because we want to go to our good shepherd and say, hey, our flock is hurting a little bit. Will you go over there and help out? You do that this week. Praise the Lord that we have the greatest shepherd, and that is Jesus Christ. If you don't know him as Lord and Savior, if you don't know that he is the good shepherd, I pray that you would commit your life to Christ this week. Use that same email address, prayer at thefellowship.cc. We'd love to talk you through that. What does it mean to have Jesus as your shepherd? What does he mean to have him as Lord and Savior of your life? We would love to talk to you. Because just as David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me down the path of righteousness. And even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because his rod, his staff, they comfort me. He sets a table before my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray as we get ready to respond in song. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you are the good shepherd that you love us, you care for us, you fight for us, you lead us, even sometimes when we fight you. So, Father, it is our prayer that this week that you would continue to be the good shepherd. If we have not really acknowledged you, God, would you really just forgive us and allow us back into the flock and that we would commit ourselves to allowing you to lead us again. Father, all the things that we go through, all the situations we find ourselves in, may we commit them to you because you will fight for us, you will take care of us, you will protect us. And Father, as we go through these days, as we continue to, to live our lives in this new normal that we find ourselves in, what better way to do that than to follow you, knowing that you will take care of every detail, you will take care of every situation as only you can. And Father, may everyone that's listening to the sound of my voice this morning, may we all get to a place where we trust you, we love you, we find our faith and our hearts in your hands, so as David writes, that we can dwell in your house forever. We love you. We celebrate you. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.